Good morning, Cedar Valley Church. My name is Grant, one of the pastors here uh, in my basement this morning, but uh, part of Cedar Valley Church, and we're so glad that you've come together to join us online this morning. If uh, this is your first time dropping by uh, to our online service, special welcome to you. Uh, we would love to get to know you better. We believe here at Cedar Valley that humans are made for community. And even though right now our go-to methods of community building seem a little bit different, we're still actively connecting with each other. We're praying, we're encouraging each other. We've got support networks going and we would love to get to know you better. So the best ways to do that, to get involved in all of our contact we have is by following us on Facebook or Instagram. You can search us up, Cedar Valley Mission, hit like or subscribe, whatever it is, you'll get all of our uh, updates, daily posts, and some devotionals that way. And we also have an email newsletter chain that happens weekly. And you can sign up for that and any prayer requests too at our website, that's cedarvalley.ca. All of this that we're doing, uh, not just online services, but we've got ongoing kids programming, our youth ministries, uh, all of our community support networks, stuff like that and much more is all made possible by your generous support and ongoing prayers. And we thank you for your generosity and giving in this time, especially during a time of uncertainty. And if you're looking for ways to give uh, while staying in the safety of your home, you can head over again to cedarvalley.ca slash give and you'll find out a number of different ways that make online giving really easy, such as e-transfer and direct debit. Um, and we know that these days of distance only communication, uh, some people, our beloved friends and neighbors, a few of you might be slipping through the cracks and we don't want anybody to get left out in this season. So if you or somebody you know could use a hand with anything like day-to-day -day, uh, needs, uh, some support or prayer, or you just need somebody to talk to, or you know somebody who needs that, please get in touch with us. We have an office phone that we're checking regularly. You can leave a message there, 604-826-2445, or hit us up with an email at pray at cedarvalley.ca. And we'd love to help you out however we can or get you connected with somebody. And if you want to help, we'd love to get you involved in that system too. And so in just a moment, we're going to be led in a couple of songs of worship uh, by Brad and Jen. It'll be fantastic. There will be lyrics on the screen so you can join however you feel comfortable. After that, kids, we've got an amazing activity from Pastor Doug. And we're ending that all up with a great message from Pastor Rob. But in just a moment here, before we get going with all that, one second. Ah, so I'm a cat person. My cat's out of the bag now. But you know what? With all of this kind of new changes, uh, as humans, we've been finding a lot of new rhythms, kind of weird things going on. But I wonder how many of you, if you have pets, have noticed your pets being really weird these days, right? Now, the thing is, cats are professional isolators as is. So this is like, this is their gravy. They're pros. We're learning from them. But if you're watching live, head over to the comments section of Facebook or YouTube and let us know some kind of weird new routines either you or your pets have been developing and something that you can cheer each other up with. Uh, thanks for listening, Cedar Valley. We're going to have a great service.
Good morning, Cedar Valley. Welcome uh, to our, our basement. We just invite you to worship with us this morning.
Hey there, Cedar Valley kids. It is great to see you again. Well, this morning, we are going to praise God using some rocks and paint. It's going to be great fun. I hope you have your supplies ready. Now, we might think that in order to praise God, that this is just for people because we can sing and we can say nice words. But listen to what the Bible says about those who should and what should be praising God. Here it is in Psalm 148. Listen to this. It says, Praise the Lord from the heavens, sun, moon, and twinkling stars. Praise the Lord from the earth, you creatures of the ocean depths, fire, hail, snow, rain, clouds, mountains, trees, wild animals, and tame ones, and small scurrying animals and birds also. Praise the Lord, kings and rulers. Praise the Lord, young men and women and old people and kids. Let every created thing give praise to the Lord. Did you know that when we do what we were created to do, it's praise to God. When a storm cloud rains, it's praising God. When a wild animal prowls through the jungle, it's praising God. When a tree grows strong and beautiful and majestic and tall, it's praising God. You know, you don't have to be just a person to praise God. Everything that God created praises Him. But for you to praise God, you know that when you listen to your parents, you're praising God. You know, when you think really hard and do your best schoolwork, you're praising God. You know that when you help others, you're praising God. And when you're outside running fast and jumping high, you're praising God. So how about if we praise God by taking these stones that you've collected and let's paint on them any different thing that could be praising God. You know, I'm going to with this stone here, I think I'm going to paint it blue for the sky. And then once it dries, I'm going to paint a black cloud on there to show that when a rain cloud rains, it's praising God. And then I thought, well, maybe on this other one, I am going to paint, see, that's kind of gold there. I'm going to paint a crown on here. If you mind, that kings, when they rule the way God wants them to, they're praising God. You can put whatever you want, an animal or a person or anything that it says that God created and it praises him. Now, you, while you're painting these stones, you keep on doing that. Your mom and dad, they're going to go watch Pastor Rob preach, and you keep on painting your stones. Then when you are done, you can take them out and line your sidewalk or maybe the driveway, or maybe take them to a trail or a pathway so other people can see what praises God that you have drawn on these stones. Also, get your mom and dad to take a picture of this and then post it on the Cedar Valley Bible Adventure Kids Facebook page, and then we can all see the things that you've painted that can praise God.
Well, I hope you have a great time praising God, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Good morning, Cedar Valley Church. Do you uh, know what this is? Can you see it? This is a wallet. It's actually my wallet, and it has quite a story. Let me tell you. Two summers ago, so more than two and a half years ago, me, Jackie, and the kids were on our way to visit my sister and her family in Edmonton during the summer break. We made our way up the Coquihalla, then north on Highway 5 through Kamloops and Blue River and Valmont, and then over the border into Jasper, where we stopped for food and fuel. I pulled up to the pump on the wrong side because the lineup for gas on the right side or the correct side of my car was ridiculous. I got out of my car, pulled the nozzle over the back side of my SUV, and then struggled mightily because the tension was pretty tight on the, you know, the, the tube nozzle thingy and inserted it. I fueled up, but then... After paying for it, surprise, surprise, I had a very difficult time extricating said nozzle from my gas tank. Jackie tried to help. Um, we tried to problem solve a little bit, and then I just went in to see if I could get some help from gas station attendants. One of them came out to look and um, offered this singular observation. Well, you're on the wrong side. Uh, that's why it's so tight. That's, that's why you're having problems. I can't even begin to quantify how much sarcasm I was suppressing at that point. My voice inside was saying, oh, really? Thanks so much. I didn't know that. You know, you're pointing out the obvious as if it explained the inexplicable was really all we needed to move forward on our current little picadillo, so thank you so much. But my outside voice, thankfully, said something like, yeah, that's, that's our bad. Um, we just needed gas and thought it would reach, and, and, it, and it did. Um, do you have any advice on how we might uh, get the gas nozzle out of my gas tank without damaging either one of them? Not really, the attendant said, and then pointed out that we would be responsible for any damage we might do to their stuff. Again, thanks so much for your help, said my outside voice, rather my inside voice, but my outside voice <laughs> said in a completely different intonation, okay, uh, thanks. Then with two literal hands on the nozzle and with one figurative foot up against the car itself, I managed to pull the nozzle out with one great tug, hoping against hope that I hadn't damaged my gas tank or that gas nozzle. And I didn't. Whew, that was good news. We drove away very thankful to not have damaged anything. It was only when we'd arrived in Edmonton at our hotel around three hours later that I realized I couldn't find and then I didn't have my wallet. 
I searched the car. I searched my pockets. I even searched my family. My wallet was nowhere to be found. Like you would probably do, I replayed the day to the last time I remembered having it in my possession. And then, it was when I paid for gas in Jasper. So I replayed that off-balancing scene in my mind a couple of times. And then on one of the rewinds, I remembered a little and somewhat fatal detail. I'd done something that I'd never done before in my life. In the confusion of what was happening at the time, the gas nozzle being jammed in, the helpful advice from the attendant, all that stuff, I had actually put my wallet on top of the car. And I did not remember that crucial fact when I pulled away. So my wallet, I assumed then, was in Jasper on the side of some road in a ditch buried in the snow. Well, it wouldn't have been snow because it was the summer. Although it is Jasper. Never mind. When I realized this, I told Jackie, um, then I left the room to walk the hallway of our hotel and had a very spirited conversation with our Lord about that. Not that it was his fault. That wallet had, among other things, my social insurance card. It had several credit cards in it, too, including, uh, at that time, my church visa. It had my debit card and driver's license, and, of course, it had some holiday cash. But maybe, most importantly to me, it had two small laminated cards in it which listed the team members of two different missions teams that I got to lead to the Caribbean Christian Center for the Deaf in Jamaica in 1998 and then again in 2002. Fast forward now with me more than two and a half years later to this past week. I get a call. It wasn't a number I was familiar with and then I saw the caller ID. Jasper RCMP. I don't know how you feel about getting unexpected calls from the police, but it's hard not to feel uh, some level of guilt and panic, even though you might not remember doing anything wrong. So I picked up the phone. This is the phone. And I heard a voice at the internet say, is this Mr. Air? And that's really not a good time, because you know it's the Jasper RCMP to say something like, depends who's asking. So I said, Yes. And it seems, she says on the other end, Mr. Air, that we we may have found your wallet. Could you please confirm? I, I couldn't believe it. Someone had found my wallet and they had turned it into the police. Like I had long since canceled all the cards I could remember, but I couldn't remember everything that was in my wallet. I mean, who could? I was actually pretty thrilled that I'd be getting it back, like getting a Christmas gift in the mail. So Jasper RCMP mailed it to me last week, and I got it this week on Monday. I opened the package, then I opened my wallet. You know what I found in my wallet? Everything. I found my social insurance number, or card. I found my credit and debit cards and my driver's license. And I found a $50 bill 
and a $5 bill, which is saying something because I never carry $50 bills around in my wallet, and I would never have expected the person who found my wallet to not take it, even to reward him or herself for finding my wallet and returning it. But most importantly to me, I found these two team cards in my wallet. That's what I was looking for. I have nothing but praise for the person who found my wallet and returned it to the RCMP with everything in it. And I have nothing but praise for Constable Lisa Cantley of the Jasper RCMP, who first called me and then told me the process that it would take to get the wallet to me, and then finally sending it to me in the mail. My heart <laughs> was full of praise on Monday, full of warm admiration for humanity and for the return of my wallet. And while these people are deserving of my warm admiration, just as our frontline workers are during this season of COVID, there's one who deserves our praise even more, the God who made us and loves us. We're beginning a new teaching series on the book of Psalms this Sunday. Me, Pastor Doug, and Pastor Grant want to invite you to join us on this nine-week journey through this collection of 150 ancient Hebrew poems, songs, and prayers that come from several different periods of Israel's history. And while many of these poems came to be sung by Israel's choir in the temple, the book of Psalms is less Hebrew hymn book and more prayer book of God's people. You'll notice that the book is divided into seven sections. Chapters one and two form a sort of introduction, and then there's five different books within the book of Psalms, and they're actually titled that way. There's book one, two, three, four, and five. And then there's the last five chapters, 146 through to 150, ending the book, which all begin and end with the word hallelujah, which is Hebrew for a command to tell a group of people to praise Yah. Yah being sort of the short form for a God's name, Yahweh. That's important to keep in mind, actually, throughout this series. There are all kinds of poems in the book of Psalms, but they can basically be um, put into two categories. Uh, poems of lament and poems of praise. The poems of lament express prayers of pain and confusion and anger about how difficult things are and about what's wrong with the world and ask God to do something about it. These kinds of poems predominate books one, two, and three in the book of Psalms. We may find that we relate to these poems pretty easily during this time of isolation and loss, and that's partly why we chose the book of Psalms 
to preach through through May and June. The poems of praise express joy and celebration and point out what's good in the world and tell stories of what God has done. These kinds of poems predominate books four and five in the book of Psalms, which lead to the last five chapters in the book of Psalms, which, as I've already mentioned, are all poems of praise. So, can you visualize the trajectory of the book from lament to praise? This is the movement that we see in the book of Psalms, this prayer book of God's people. And I wonder even now if it might reflect the movement of our own prayers from hurting to hopeful, from lament to praise. So that's the overall structure of the book. Here's the overall structure of our teaching series. I'm going to share a brief reflection on Psalm 150 today. So we're going to start at the end, and then Pastor Grant will end our series in that same last section with a different sort of point of view. We'll be taking each section one week at a time, and we'll remind you what section we're going to be teaching on each Sunday in our weekly newsletter on Friday. Some weeks will have lots of reading, and some weeks will have less reading. Just read what you can. And remember, reading the Bible isn't about getting through it. It's about getting to know the God who made you and loves you. And just so you know, we'll be looking at chapters 1 and 2 next week. So I'd encourage you to, to read them, think about them, pray about them, and do something as a response to them. Those four things we would call Lectio Divina, divine reading. Read, think, pray, do. I should also tell you that Doug Grant and I will be posting a mid-week follow-up on the Sunday morning teaching or a brief meditation on a related psalm to keep the conversation going. Speaking of conversation, we welcome your feedback. So you can do that along several lines by giving us a call or dropping us uh, an email or even scheduling a Zoom meeting with one of us online. We'd love to hear from you. All right, let's get to it. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise him in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What do, you, what do you think this might be about in this particular chapter of the book of Psalms? Well, praise. It's a rhetorical question. The poet uses the word praise 12 times in six verses in case we missed it. He is making a point, and his point, I think, is simply this, that God is worthy of our praise like nobody else. Not even 
responsible wallet returning citizens, not even super helpful RCMP officers. I'm defining praise as a dictionary definition, uh, meaning warm admiration. Warm admiration. Do we have a warm admiration for God? Hmm. Why? Why, or why not, maybe? The psalmist, this one, the writer of Psalm 150, who's anonymous, outlines, as are many of the psalms, more than 30 of them anonymously written, this, this, this psalmist, though, outlines where, why, how, and who should praise God? Who, who would have this warm admiration, rightly so? So where? Well, for our Jewish friends, it was the Temple of Jerusalem, both then and now, though synagogues all over the world. For us, his mighty heavens, meaning literally the expanse of his power, meaning wherever God reigns, which is symbolized here in 150 by the limitless stretch of space and sky. And by that expanse, when we look up at it and think how big that is against how small we are, we are humbled, perhaps, to a point of drawing us to praise, to warmly admire who would make that and make it in such a way that it would be something I could see and enjoy and wonder about him. Why? So that's where. Why? Because God created us and redeems us. He gave us life and out of love, he saved us from death. That's why he's worthy of our praise. How? How would we praise God? With all manner of instruments, the psalmist records here, in this case, like the whole orchestra, wind section, uh, string section, etc. And of course, he includes dancing as well. And then finally, who? Well, specifically in this psalm, it's the choir, but who would be those who otherwise know God? Now, this invitation to praise isn't meant to be exhaustive or prescriptive, like every time we worship, we have to have each element in place. We have to have our eyes to the skies. We have to be mindful of his creation and redemption. We have to use all kinds of instruments. I mean, do we even know what a liar is here except for a misspelling of someone who doesn't tell the truth? Nor do we need to have a choir. As is often the case in the scriptures, this passage is descriptive, as are many of the passages in the Psalms, not necessarily prescriptive. So we can praise God with singing, and we do, I do. We can praise God with music and dancing. We can praise God by focusing on what he's done for us. We can, and I do, and we can praise him anywhere. I suppose the only question for the day is simply this. What can we praise God for today? 
Well, I can't answer that for you. But I can answer it for me. Maybe by way of illustrating what you might be positioned to be warmly admiring God about and for. So I have a warm admiration for God as my constant companion and help in times of trouble. Trouble like we're in. He reminded me of his heart in his word in Psalm 34, verse 4, actually, reading from the message. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious thoughts. This verse has been rumbling around in my heart for a month now, as if God is saying it to me, as if I might say to him, as I did, Father, that's there. Is that there for me to pray, to ask you to meet me more than halfway? That you would free me from my anxious thoughts? I have a warm admiration for God because that's exactly what he has done. He has met me more than halfway. He has freed me from my anxious thoughts. No, I still have them periodically, but they don't drive me like they did for a time. I have warm admiration for God because of those who he places alongside me in my life. Those people who challenge me and those people who encourage me when I'm down. Maybe even to get my wallet back. (laughs) All right, Cedar Valley. I'll leave it to you then to ask yourselves, what can you praise God for today? Let's pray. Father, I pray that that would come easily for us, whether it's from something of our sense of you this morning, that we would have warm admiration for you about or through our week. Would you help us remember that so that this would be our act of praise to say thank you, to acknowledge that you are in control, to acknowledge that uh, all good things come from you. I pray, Father, that we would see it today and that we would praise however we might because you are are worthy of it. In the powerful and precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Grace and peace, Cedar Valley Church.